What is going on, everybody? We are back with another episode of From My Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Rob. My body is dead because me and Black Thunder had a great workout today. If you don't know who Black Thunder <laughs> is, that is what I named the tire that I told y'all about that I purchased. Yeah, you know, when you get back into working out and you've worked out before and you was buff and in shape, don't try to start back off where you left off. <laughs> bad idea all right anyway i am not alone i have the co-host with the most with me today biff what is going on hi guys how's it going this episode will be much much lighter than our previous episodes yes this is literally the day after the episode <laughs> yeah so, even if we show this show out of order just to let you know we just did the black lives matter episode so yeah, that's what we're referring to, previous yes. episode. But it may be given to you out of order. Oh, it's definitely going to be given out of order. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we have a very, very special guest today. Um, and as you all know, I like to give surprise introductions, meaning I'm going to say things about them that they ain't ready for. So who is our special guest? Well, let me tell you how me and this person came to meet each other. She's the wife of one of my best friends. Now, I know typically <laughs> people got their homeboys and their friends and they cool with them, but they don't ever really think about the spouse like that. They don't develop a relationship with the spouse like that. But I knew I have to develop a relationship with her because one, my boy CV is one of my best friends. And two, he talks about his wife more than she probably thinks and he talks about how much she came into his life and really helped him change for the better and that is inspirational for me because y'all know i'm a lovesick puppy and that's the kind of life that i want and i really appreciate her for that because we need our black queens to really have our back and to slap us on the back of the head sometimes and get us right so i definitely appreciate that appreciate you for that so without further ado we have a license perfect and my mom is calling <laughs> and that was my ipad hold on we have a licensed professional counselor mrs jessica van hey, <laughs> I'm so excited to be here, finally. I thought you were going to see I'm your best friend's wife, and I know her because she keeps begging to get on the podcast. <laughs> like, I thought that's where you were going with that, so I'll just put myself out there. Surprise. But, yeah. I just want to say, Black Thunder seems like a really inappropriate name for your tire. I... You didn't read it. I so like Black you, you call it Black Thunder because when you're flipping tire, if you have the right size tire, when you flip it, if you flip it correctly, it slams the ground and it makes a loud thwap. Clap. So that's why I called it Black Thunder. If you're flipping it you right, know, you know what I'm talking about. In my profession, if you're flipping it right, same thing. So I think, <laughs> I think that might be. I can see where the confusion would come in, is what I'm saying. <laughs> To, to preface the conversation <laughs> we're about to have, you guys, I tried to do this with her last week, but we had not done our Black Lives Matter episode, and I had stuff, personal stuff going on, my relationship ended, and I just had a bunch of stuff going on, and I just could not process and get the gunk out, and I was just like, I, uh, 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 I, couldn't, I couldn't spark the conversation, so 
Jessica actually held a session for me and therapy, you know, all the things that I've heard about therapy are definitely true. I definitely felt like all the good things, I hope. Yeah. Yeah, the good things, the good things. Sorry. (laughs) Um, It felt really good. She asked me some very challenging questions and she gave me a lot to think about. Um, And I really appreciate that. So, let me shut my face. Tell the people well, you know, hold on, hold on. Let me do my um. <clears throat> Tell us about Envision Counseling. Okay, great. So, um, as Rob said, I am a licensed professional counselor. Um, I have this little like A behind my name right now because that means I'm getting my licensure, my full hours, and all of that good stuff. So it's kind of like a doctor being in residency. I can do everything, just somebody got to check behind me right now. But Envision Counseling um, was born because I want couples and individuals to walk in the vision for their lives and I want to enhance sexual experiences. Uh, we are very sexualized nation, uh, but we don't talk about the healthy parts of sex. So I want Mm -hmm. to make that conversation less taboo, make it fun, and I don't know, just bring it to the people. Thank you for doing that. You're providing (laughs) an invaluable service and you're a thousand percent correct. Uh, Yeah, I really honestly... I really just started opening up in my last relationship about what I like sexually, what I wanted and stuff like that. Just because the two previous were just, like you said, they were just kind of stuffy about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, let me tie you up and uh, tickle your nipples. But, you know, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't even have the conversation because they didn't make me feel like I could, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I felt like I'd be judged and it's like, eh, but, you know, you want to spice things up and take things to the next level. So, all right. right. Um, let's take it back to the beginning. So how did you get on this path to become a uh, counselor, a licensed professional counselor? Let me get it. What made you want to be a counselor? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't have a really sexy story for how I got into counseling. Like I have my own traumas. I just don't. I have my own traumas and, um, I have had some really bad relationships And I've had some really bad sex. So um, in order to stop my friends from going down that road, I talked about it all the time. I can turn anything into a sexual conversation. Um, And they found these conversations to be helpful. And they were like, you should do this. You, this is what you should do. I was in school to become an athletic trainer. My plan was, I lived 10 miles outside of Charlotte. My plan was to meet a Charlotte Panther, get married, and never work again. Um, <laughs> but that is, <laughs> that's not what happened. Uh, my friends were like, no, I think counseling is more the, the way you need to go. And so I said, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it the way I want. I'm going to be the younger, hotter Dr. Ruth, and I'm going to talk about sex. And... That's just how it happened. I met my husband in 2005, but we were both um, savages, and so we could not be together. Um, <laughs> we met again. What? I mean, it's just facts. We I love it. I love stuff. it. We had no business doing. Uh, we met again in 2011, had our first date in December. I was pregnant in January. 
And so we start talking about what the future looks like. And well, here it is. Yeah. Makes sense. It makes married sense. and happy. Married and happy. I mean, I'm going on six years of marriage and mm-hmm. we yeah, we have these very open conversations about sex and it, it's made our relationship better. Okay. So (laughs) I feel like I know too much. That's that's (laughs) you said what you look like you think you're like, I know too much. I know way too much right now. (laughs) No, 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 no. This is awesome. So what are some of the typical issues or that you, I guess, hear that go on relationships in regard to sex? Like you talked about some of the top three issues that cause breakups. Exactly. Oh shit! Ah, I'm yeah. gonna check on my right. chicken. <laughs> Go check on your chicken. Biff, get in your exactly bag, Biff. What exactly what you said? Not making or creating a safe space for talking about sex and sexuality and the things you want to do. Um, I am a firm believer that your pleasure has to come first. However, we have grown up in a society where oh he got it he got to get me off. Or she got to do this when, in fact, you are in charge of that. True. So if you're not getting to climax, it's not really your partner's fault. That's that's one of the I things. I dare you to post that on social media. I have. <laughs> I have the oh, whole time. I need to I mean, repost that. <laughs> talking to your partner about how they learned about sex and what they think about sex because we feel like oh we all do it it should all we should all have similar ideas of how it works but the fact of the matter is we don't and we're not having these conversations and on top of that open relationships because with you single people there are not conversations being had on the boundaries for relationships i believe that uh, opening your relationship, as long as it's what we call an ethically non-monogamous relationship, which is a big phrase for if you're going to have sex with someone else, tell me. I, I believe that can work. But when you get into non-ethical, non-monogamous, that is where the problem and the turmoil comes in. So basically, when you're with a cheater, that's a problem. Just so you guys know, my family got home, and so if you hear that, that's what that is. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. We keep it real. Biff, ask your question again. I'm going to check on my chicken. <laughs> what are your top three breakup reasons? Like, when, when they come to you for advice or if they're broken up, what are your top three? What, you know, what are your common top three? The, the common top three is uh, they're not sexually compatible, mm-hmm. meaning, like, one has a higher sex drive than the other. Mm-hmm. One is more is it you know more open to like exploring than the other. Um, they're not being honest with each other about the type of sex that they like. And mm. I would say also like again, like I said before, just like setting the boundaries to the relationship and knowing what they want. So basically, nobody's setting boundaries and feelings are getting hurt because. It- Exactly. I exactly. feel one way, but I feel another way because you never set boundaries. Exactly. And and the thing is, like, we, people, like, we treat, we teach people, excuse me, we teach people how to treat us, right? So if mm. you don't say that you want something, then how can you expect your partner to know? 
Yeah, I've started lately. I've gotten on the thing, being able to say, like, something hurts my feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, talking to someone, when something happens, I'm like, you know, that, that hurt or that's mean. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to, like, you have to let them know. So what was it about it that, you know, hit a sore spot for you? Because when you say, oh, that's mean or that wasn't nice, people don't get it. They just be like, oh, you being soft. But when you have to be vulnerable and you have to be willing to say, this is why that bothered me. And that's the hard part is the the conversation. Like we grew up and I'm I'm 35, but I grew up in like hookup culture. Like people trying to have sex with no strings attached. Yep. Same. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, not trying to catch feelings We're in that generation. Yeah. Right. But the scientific facts about sex is that first of all, that is literally the closest you will ever be to someone. Someone will literally be inside of you or you will literally be inside of someone. Um, And then hormones, endorphins, dopamine, all those happy Mm -hmm. hormones, they release. So if you really want to have sex with somebody and not catch feelings, you really have to smash, smash, either or do that. And and (laughs) that you still gonna catch feelings, but you gonna catch feelings for yourself. You gonna, you <laughs> well, self love is the best love, baby. It is, and it's the safest. You know what I'm saying? Like that you're too. Also, the safest. Explore your body, get to know yourself better, and you will be better prepared for a partner. I believe if you know what it is that you want. Yeah. Oh, I was letting y'all go. I was just falling the hell back. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Because eventually it's going to turn into a event session for me, and I don't need that all on record and everything. So that's why I'm like, let me go ahead and pull it on back because I felt it coming out. She's trying to have no evidence. That's what it is. Heavenly Father. (laughs) Um, Not on air. Not on air. Okay. Okay. How has your, I guess, your your education and your field helped your personal relationship? Oh, man. Yeah. That's a real good question. <laughs> that is a real good question. I'm going to tell you something, um, too, based off of, uh, I don't want to use the word stereotypes. Based off of what people think of people, I'm not going to say everybody. I'll, I'll use me for an example when I was younger. I probably would have been afraid to date someone in your field because I would feel like every conversation you're trying to analyze me. Like you hear that in movies and TV shows, like stop trying yeah. to analyze me. And it's like, that's not fair. Maybe maybe I'm just having a conversation with you, you dummy. Absolutely. So that's why I asked that because I feel like now that I'm older and more mature, I feel like that would have a greater positive impact on the relationship because you speak with people, people tell you, you know, their innermost things and it is your duty to help guide them to a healthy solution. So I'm like, wow, the communication in that relationship must be amazing. Like, I can just imagine the benefits <laughs> if you use your powers for good instead of evil within, <laughs> within your relationship. So that's what sparked that question. So I, I will tell you this. That's, it's a really good question, and your assessment is correct. Like, when you're in an adult relationship, you need to be analyzing each other because the goal is to make one another better, Right. I was analyzing boyfriends before I was ever a therapist oh. because I, I am intellectually curious about people. I like to know what makes people tick, but I will say 
in this relationship has really taught me how to talk, <laughs> like how to communicate effectively what it is that I want. Um, because I will throw a temper tantrum with the best of them. And I, I had that, like my husband would be like, don't shrink me. And I'd be like, first of all, that's a psychologist. That's not a counselor. <laughs> like we just kind of go back and forth with it. But I do know how to communicate better with him. And I do know how to, um, like you said, ask the right questions. I'm learning to give him the space when he needs it. Um, like, to be honest with you, this isn't 24 seven though. Like I like to take off the counselor hat. I like right. to not be a counselor. Um, but love languages, you guys have heard of love languages, Oh yeah. Right? We had an episode about that yeah. and apology languages. And, and apology languages. <laughs> apology la- so, but I think with love languages specifically, people misuse them. Mm. So for instance, my husband's love language is um, acts of service. So he likes for me to do stuff for him. My um, love language is words of affirmation. So I like to hear good things about myself. But that's not how he shows love. He shows love the way he wants to get it, right? So he'll put gas in my car in the morning. And I'm like, okay, the gas tank is full, but I look cute, and you can't say nothing. What is your What is your life about? You know, so you're just sending me into the world for somebody to tell me I look cute, and and we might have an argument because I wasn't realizing that. Oh, oh, he not only does he want me to do stuff for him, but he does stuff for me to show me that he loves me. Hell, I went to school and I didn't realize that until I got out of school. Same. So. One of my friends randomly, um, shout out to Swazi, my friend Anasha, she brought it up to me because she's very into just a lot of, um, I don't know what you would categorize that as, but things like that, just very into people and what makes us tick. And she introduced <laughs> me to that. Um, it probably would have saved one of my relationships, now that I think about it, because that's where our biggest communication was. She was definitely words of affirmation, but I, I'm like, Carl, I'm like, acts of service, like, you know, what do all these compliments mean if I don't show you anything? Like, why do I need to tell you I love you 500 times a day? I just thought it was Because I want to hear it. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And I thought me showing up, rubbing your feet, cooking, cleaning, cleaning the bathtub, washing your car. I thought that that was my way of showing I love you. Like, you're my queen. You know, lay down while I feed you grapes. But, yeah, mm-hmm. you just want to hear it. I still think I just want to hear it as dumb. But it's validating. <laughs> That's my opinion, but it's validated and I'll do it, you know? Uh, so yes, those of you who have not taken your love language test, take it. Also take your apology language test. I think that is extremely important. I actually post that in a group that I'm in on Facebook because I don't join these singles groups. Don't ask me no damn questions. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been sparking conversation in those groups because you, ooh, you should join. No, you can't. You're married. But yeah, the conversations in there are- I, yeah, I think you might you need to be a spy. spy. Seriously, it's a little creepy because there's like 15,000 people and they're like at my age, 35, some older, and they're posting stuff like they're 15. I'm like, y'all trying to oh, be God. together or not? Nah? You would be amazed. No, you... I am. But, oh, when I post stuff, oh, that's really good. I'm getting like 75 replies to like legit questions because I'm like, y'all just in here playing. Any hoodle, this is not about that. <laughs> so that's how that's helped your relationship. 
That mm-hmm. is awesome and excellent. Where do you think the fear comes from when it comes to discussing sex with people? Do you think people are just uncomfortable with their own sexuality or what do you think it is? So <laughs> I will say this is probably a little more based in opinion than it is like, you gotcha. know, evidence. practice. But yeah, evidence based. Thank you very much. Good. Um, I would say that the one way you keep people in a certain place is that you strip their knowledge. And there are three things that they tell us not to talk about. You don't talk about religion, politics, or sex, right? Mm. So when you when you don't talk about religion, you strip that person of their knowledge of the spiritual. You strip that person of the knowledge uh, or the connection to their creator. When you don't talk about politics, you strip that person from knowing their rights, from knowing like what is available to them, what what power they could actually have. When you strip someone of talking of se- about sex, you strip them away from their being, from their self-identity. We come into this world sexual beings. And every time I say this, this makes people very uncomfortable, but like I have an 18 month old. She came into this world a sexual being. Right. You know, children cannot consent. I want to point that out. I don't want anybody to say I'm like promoting anything, mm-hmm. but they are sexual. They come into the world. They want to, they have questions about their body. They have questions about other people's bodies. And when you strip them of that, you make them susceptible to abuse. Mm. And then. If Lord forbid anything happens to them, there's any sexual trauma, they grow up with a skewed view of what the world is. They see sex in a different light. Sex is beautiful. Sex is a gift. I am, I say all the time, it is God's greatest gift to us. But when no one teaches you how to use it, it's like if you have a gun and no one teaches how to use it, you could kill yourself, right? Sex is that same thing. So you might die slower, but you can kill. <laughs> I agree with you totally. Um, and kids are like, you know, they're definitely sexual beings. We're not talking about kids in a weird light, y'all. But you right. have to acknowledge that. And parents know this. You've caught your kids doing weird stuff or touching themselves, and they because <laughs> they're like, "What is this? Oh, this is tingly. I'm gonna keep doing it." Like boys wake up, right? Like that's what they Like yo, what the. I when they figure out it me. works, they're yeah. like, what the hell? Yeah. That went it's- crazy when I, never mind. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And um, sometimes I get accused of telling my son too much or whatever, but like, I don't shame him. If I, you know, when he was younger and I would see that, I'd be like, cool. Those are things we do in the bathroom or you do in your room. You know, if you need time to yourself, you can have time to yourself. Um, I knock on my kid's door and I got an old school black daddy. He like, he ain't bought no door up in here. Why you knocking? Because <laughs> he deserves, he deserves his privacy. Um, but I'll never forget. Like my, I, my son saw me getting out of the shower and he's like, mommy, where's your penis? And I, because I know what his voice sounds like so I heard it in my head. You heard it. I heard it in my head. 
Captain Fresh mode. You oh heard my it. God. You know, like, and and so we had to have that conversation. Maddie said penis. <laughs> my kids, my kids know. I used to They're work educated. for. Yeah, I used to work for DSS, and I know what it's like when a child doesn't know the proper names, um, because they can't explain what happens to them. Again, language is the most powerful mm-hmm. way. You can communicate a lot through your body language. But verbally, being able to verbalize something is very powerful. So we have to give our children um, the words that connect to these things so that they're able to use them. So my 18-month-old knows vulva. And I got most grown-ass adults who don't know vulva. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, I got hair on my vagina. No, you have hair on your vulva. Your vagina is the actual opening that's the actual hole. Um, my 18 month old knows that. And I'm not shaming anyone who doesn't know it, but I'm challenging everyone to be intellectually curious about their own bodies. So ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pay some bills really quick. <clears throat> and then we're going to come back and talk about the love and lust adult coloring book. Don't go <laughs> anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm sure you've never considered adding a coloring book to your bedroom repertoire, but Love and Lust is the adult adult coloring book full of sensual imagery sure to get things heated up. I'm Jessica Van and I help individuals and couples to enhance their sexual experiences through learning to prioritize their pleasure. I'm a licensed therapist and I developed this coloring book as a way to eliminate the shame sometimes associated with sex and increase healthy conversations about true intimacy. Love and Lust is accompanied by the Essential Love and Lust Toolbox, which is online and offers therapeutic exercises sure to spice up things in and out of the bedroom. Head over to EnvisionCounselingLLC.com and get your Love and Lust Toolkit today. From my experience, podcast listeners get 25% off when you use promo code FME. Get your copy of Love and Lust today and add a little color to your sexy. Hey, we are back. We hoped you enjoyed that. Oh, wait. Oh, look who's actually on the show to give you more details about the Love and Lust coloring book and toolkit. Go yeah. ahead and uh, let's talk about I'm sorry. I got to say this. I love I said this to you before. I love that background. And now I realize why I love that color. That is like the same color as the Robin Hood app. Your accent wall. Oh. <laughs> You know, Carl's like, this is like being inside of an Easter egg. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I scatterbrained. So, Love and Lust Adult Coloring Book. Let's talk about it. I just ordered mine today, too. Hey, and the kids. Hey, hey. So, um, the, people, the people can't see this, but imagine if you will, okay? It's this lovely little book here. I have, I was very intentional to make my characters in the book. Um, have African-American features. However, you are free to color in whatever color you'd like. But um, I got this idea for an adult, adult coloring book. You got to say it twice. Uh, Just because I want to add the innocence back to this topic. 
And people, people are like, what do you mean the innocence? You know, when you were coloring as a child, there was no shame to anything that you were doing. Same thing with sex. This book is all about like learning the themes of intimacy, um, enhancing those themes in your relationship and getting comfortable with intimate imagery. So if you are a single, cause I get this question all the time, well, why would I buy this if I'm single? You still, I tell people, you need to work on your singleness before you get into a relationship. No. So you need to understand these themes. I have traditional mandalas in here. And in the therapy world, a mandala is just a very detailed picture that you use to kind of de-stress and, and bring yourself down. But I have a couple in here and they get into some pretty steamy situations in this coloring book. Like oh, for this one. I like that one. This, what page is that? <laughs> this is Desire. <laughs> so the pages are not numbered, okay. but they're um, spaced out with this, the mandala. So this is Desire. And like she go off of what she wants. Oh, tell Desire mm -hmm. I said what's up. <laughs> <laughs> Women, like my ideal client is black women and we have been stifled sexually for so long like black bodies are over regulated and have been for hundreds of years so mm -hmm. for women to take control oh seeing a little, little action there yes. for women to take control was really important the band is in here but he is just you know mm. of service of service, you know. You about so to make, I make a phone call. Go ahead. I gotta show my favorite picture. <laughs> Wait, Jeff, your reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Are you not ready? Are you not ready for my favorite picture? Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh. Let's see, let's see. <clears throat> let's see. This is my favorite picture. Oh. So, oh. if you are right, girl. Whoa, that's so <laughs> They're steamy, but I have to get be better at that. We should be comfortable with this because the thing is, I have quite yeah, oh. Come on. Huh? I didn't realize what you said. <laughs> I'm look, these my finger thing, I can't yeah. We talk just about sex. Hands, just make sure your hands are clean, your fingernails. I'm just are I'm not good at it. I'd rather just I just rather you know than I'm starting to notice too. A lot of women don't don't I'm enjoying it less and less. I'd just rather eat you out or just penetrate. <laughs> I just can't. I'm not. And yeah, I, I, that's what I'm. A, you know what? But Never that's mind. I'm, I'm that I, that's let me, that I enjoy if done correctly. But it's, I'm going to tell her myself. Let me tell her myself. But here's the th Go ahead. Tell her yourself. Go ahead. Just <laughs> don't know how to masturbate that for is, women. What, what we got to fix? What we got to <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Annie. this. <clears throat> There's this one time in college. And someone, um, yeah, so we were together and <laughs> I, I'd been watching too much porn. So I'm like the jackrabbit fingers like, you're a fuck. You're going to love this. She did. Yeah. Poor thing. It was bad. Scratched so, her. It was bad. I just, I, ever since then, nope. If my phone dies, you you'll be back. <laughs> Go plug up, girl. <laughs> um. But no, I will say this. So the, the coloring book comes with um, the Essential Love and Lust Toolbox. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say it's essential, because yes, you can buy them separately, 
but it teaches you how to use the book therapeutically and it offers you some, some exercises. So my favorite exercise is called Sensate Touch. So there is a number of ways to do this, but I think with lacking from a lot of um, single people's sexual experience is intimate touch mm. and learning what your partner likes. So one of the ways to do this exercise is person A will say, I'm put you on the spot, um, Rob, as you're in front of me. <laughs> so Rob and your partner, your partner will touch you the way she likes to be touched. Oh. Okay? So that what the whole exercise is about connecting your body to sensations. So you kind of get an idea of what she's experiencing when you touch her that way. Then, and the whole point is not arousal, it's not orgasm, it's not to lead to sex. It's just to practice the touch. That's important. You you can do this without touching a rat. What? Say that. Erogenous like the breast. Your your, uh, Skype was like messing you up. Say that again. You say you can do this with what? You can do that without touching erogenous zones. So like not touching the breast, not touching um, the penis or the vulva, the vagina. Or you could do it and, and touch those parts. But you guys would switch places so that you could feel the same sensations. So when I say that, I usually get weird looks from guys. So again, I wish I wish you guys could see what I'm doing here. But do you know what this is? Anybody know what this is? No. You don't know what this is? Biff, you know what this is, boo? The dental dam? I can't see. This, I don't want to fucking know what that is. I wish you, Oh, I only see, no one, never mind. Bad joke. I just, I just say, say it. Oh. Say it. You only know the meaty part. You only I only know, know, I only know what it looks like when she's in the house. <laughs> so, a lot of people only Wait, know. hold that up again? That's the whole thing? That is the clitoris, yep. Wow. Never seen one that big either. If you guys go to um, my Instagram page and go ahead and plug myself um, at Envision Counseling, you will actually see a side-by-side of the clitoris and the penis. They are essentially the same organism, right? So this is the external part, just like, I told you I had props, like this is the head of the penis. It's nothing but a large clitoris. Hmm. That explains a lot. Because we all start off as female. So these are essentially testicles. And this, to form a guy, would come together and that would be the shaft. But this is why just rapidly rubbing the clitoris mm-hmm. ain't doing shit. Because you were going to like it. Yeah, nobody likes it. It's, it's the worst. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. I'm always hands free, so. Yeah. So learning how your body works is important. It is. And nobody should be ashamed if they don't know, because I do a fun game when the world was open and I would do my um, webinars. I would put a big ass blown up poster of the vulva and I would be like, all right, ladies, here's the word bank. Name the parts. 
And women would almost always confuse the clitoris with the urethra. Uh, yep. And I'm like, if you don't know where it is, what makes you think your partner is going to know where it is? Very true. That You know what? I'm so glad you said what you just said. <clears throat> I think too many people, men and women, we expect someone to just know when it comes to sex. And it's like, no, you have to tell them. They've been with one, two, three, five, ten, however many people before you. So they may know the quote unquote basics of sex. They may know have a little bit of touch and a little bit of what to do with the vagina. But it's every woman is different. I've never had sex with them, with two women the exact same way because they all like different things and they want different things and they mm -hmm. orgasm through different types of stimulation. So I ask, like maybe after the first couple of times, I'm like, all right, what can I do better? Like. Hey, give me some signals. Like, put your hand on my head and slap me. Something, you know. <laughs> Here's your and, safe and, word. Like, <laughs> because yeah, I want her to be pleased. I don't ever want sex to be an issue in any of my relationships. Sex and money, I don't ever want to be issues in my relationships. And I've avoided Ooh. that thus far. Way to go. I mean, but, you know, even women get nervous about that because we are kind of taught, like, oh, well, we don't want to hurt his ego. So we're not going to show. I'm not that girl. Not that girl. Um, <laughs> not at all. Never been. But like men on the same, at the same t point, have to be willing to hear. Yep. Because what I hear from clients and what I've experienced myself is when a woman says, oh, I really like this. Oh, so you did that with that other nigga. So you think, look, dude, it works. She's it works. with you now. Right. And it works. Like, why reinvent the wheel? Yeah. He just happened to discover it, you know, like, I was about to say, like, Christopher Columbus, I'm about to trigger something. All right. Don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm about no. to trigger. Uh, yeah, you have to, you have to remember, she's, she's with you now. So, sorry, she has experience. Duh. Um, this is my favorite topic, so I know I'm talking a lot, but can I? This is about you. So, okay. <laughs> this is, you're supposed to talk um, a lot, that's why you're a guest. No, I, I got a broadcast degree, so I know you always want to control your interview. But Who, me? You, mentioned no. porn. you mentioned porn. I got some things to say about porn. Okay, talk about porn while I go uh, check my chicken one more game. But go ahead. Look, I hope this chicken is bomb, okay? It will be. I really hope this chicken is good. <laughs> talk to the people about porn. They're listening. So I think that um, pornography gets a really bad rep because of the fact that we don't teach people how to use it. Um, parents often shy away from talking about pornography with their kids, um, really mm -hmm. pointing, pointing out the fact that this is fantasy, right? This is not real life. And, and showing their children, um, or not showing them, but like illustrating for their children what healthy sex looks like. Pornography is not real life. It's just like the Matrix is not real life. So you, you know, if you do something heinous and a sexual um, experience, you can't blame it on pornography. That that was just you. Um, mm -hmm. And especially now that porn is so readily accessible for people, our kids. I mean, again, I, my poor baby. I put him out a lot, but. 
my son is seven and I like check his history all the time. He didn't watch porn, but he looked up like the hottest TikTok videos. So I know he's like <laughs> watching girls twerk or, you know, right. and that's okay. And I, t I tell him that's oh, okay. But if you come across something that you have questions on, parents need to create a safe space for their kids to talk about that because then they grow up being young men who think, oh, I'm going to fuck like a porn star and they end up hurting themselves or someone else. You are absolutely correct. It's funny you just mentioned that. <clears throat> I just made a, um, a post about someone talking about something unrelated, but I said this. I said, you know, when you grow up and get older, it's okay to not live by what my mama said, what my daddy said, because they were wrong about some stuff too. So when I say that to say your parenting style is something that is needed. We have to adapt and grow. It can't be, well, my mama raised me like this. So I'm going to raise my kids like this. Yeah, but you didn't have access to the entire world in a device that could fit in the palm of your hand. Come on, somebody. You know what Come I'm saying? On, somebody. No, you're I, absolutely right. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> it's funny because, again, um, you know, the conversation came up about grandpa theft auto with my son and, hey. uh, and Carl was like you cannot play that there's prostitutes and of course my son's like well what's a prostitute <laughs> talk to your mama that's your mama's area <laughs> and and you know so I was like there's somebody who sells their body you know some people do it by choice some people are sex trafficked and he's like whoa that's too much I'm like no it's not because they go together you know this is this is I can see if I went far left, mm -hmm. but he needs to know. And even when you're watching your porn, you want to make sure your porn is ethically sourced. The girl that they're saying is barely legal. Is she barely legal or is she illegal? Like we True. need to know. You need to know these things. And um, I want my children to be cognizant of these things because there are actual people on the other side of that pornography video that you're getting your rocks off to. Yep. But I, I don't, I'm not one of those people who are like down with porn. I say, do whatever gets your rocks off as long as you know that there's consent. That's, that's all I worry about. Uh, yeah. Uh, you just, just don't know what you're going to get with porn. It's mm -hmm. funny. I usually use porn, um, for personal pleasure, but also to learn things because there's some interesting stuff on there. I don't believe all that sex can't be satisfying. I know it's not. Some cases it is, you can tell, but in most cases, like, oh, I want to try that, or oh, that's something that interests me that I don't regularly regularly get or normally see that a woman can mm -hmm. do or is willing to do or is willing to try. So mm -hmm. porn for me is like more of an escape. Whereas I know some people they're just on it twenty four seven. I don't watch it nearly as much as I used to when I was younger now, because my mind is just elsewhere. But there I like the point that you're on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, when you, so my question to you is when you do learn something new, do you have a conversation with your partner before you pull out your new move? Absolutely you... not. <laughs> <laughs> Plagiarism at its best. <laughs> not at all. I'm just coming off the top ropes and, I, you know, it is what it is. Maybe, <laughs> maybe in the future, maybe in the future I will. I'm going to take. <laughs> Yo, this is... <laughs> so, I learned, actually, when I was a kid, not through sexual experience, y'all. I learned how to give a woman oral sex when I was a kid. There was a show that came on HBO called Real Sex. 
I don't know if it still comes on. Yeah. Used to have to sneak and watch it. But I know I was stupid mm-hmm. young. Hit previous channel going up. Yeah. I and she it. had this That was channel five, HBO. Terrible. <laughs> she had this big she had what's the thing? She had a stuffed animal version of a vagina with all the parts. Mm-hmm. And she was the talking to them about it. And then mm-hmm. she was showing the clitoris and stuff. And I'm just watching. And it's just something that stuck with me. You know, obviously I didn't talk to my parents about it. They would have freaked out at that time. But I remembered it, and the first time I, you know, decided to do that with someone, I was like, huh, because I've never done it, and obviously, we're not have, we're young, we're not going to have a conversation about it, and she's probably never had good oral either, and I just mm-hmm. did what was in that, uh, what I remembered, and it worked. It always works, actually. It's it, the most funny thing, but <laughs> I'm not giving that secret if it's, away. If it serves you well, then use it. Yeah, I definitely do. So, okay. So, on a more, I guess, serious, all of this has been serious conversation. Um, You said you wanted to also speak about overcoming sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I guess, talk to the people about, you know, what is defined as sexual trauma. Because some people probably, you know, think of the extreme, but there's probably more subtle things that are still sexual trauma. Yes. So sexual trauma is, is of course, on a spectrum like most things. So say, you know, we're talking about like sneaking to watch real sex. Well, let's say somebody forced you to watch real sex or, you know, (laughs) I can't say that other communities don't do this. But from my experience in black communities, we over sexualize little girls and we say things like, oh, she got on them shorts. That's fast. Although nobody's done anything to her, mm-hmm. they've kind of, you know, put in her mind that the way that she dresses is inappropriate. Or, you know, if you're 12 years old coming to the barbecue and your uncle says, hey, boy, you ain't fucking yet. No, he's 12. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I'm it, checking it, on my chicken again. <laughs> it could be something. Um, something on that extreme or it could be all the way up to actually having a sexual assault so sexual trauma is definitely it's in the eye of the beholder it really is defined by that person and it usually has a some to, some type of impact on someone's sexual expression it does I have sexual trauma. Well, I had sexual trauma. I kind of got over it in my own way. Just really thinking about what you just said. I've heard some of those things, and I saw some things. And, yeah, it really can. I thank God I turned out the way I did. Not say that if you turned out different, anything's wrong with you. But I can see why some people end up the way that they end up and do some of the things that they do because mentally – it's one is like you said, this whole conversation, it's, it's an embarrassing, uncomfortable mm-hmm. conversation and you don't ever feel safe talking about it. So you bury this thing deep down inside and the, the, the slightest thing might trigger it, whether it be something you see, something you smell, something you taste might trigger it. And you can never, ever, ever release this thing to someone because you're so afraid and you feel like you did something wrong. You don't want to be judged and all those feelings. So that's why I think it's very, very, very important. And, um, right, right. Yeah, and you're right. Look, those, those, especially in our community, like I get the whole uncle and cousin and stuff, but it's like 
educate them. Like I've been in situations where, you know, we were talking and chilling and talking about stuff and somebody says something in a joking way. And I'm like, no, break it down for them. Cause like yeah. I could tell the person was uncomfortable, but they were like interested. So I'm like, no, just don't say it and like joke or like talk to him about what's going on and what he needs to do. Like if you're going to joke about sex with your nephew or something like that, Talk to him about using condoms. Talk to him about mm -hmm. STDs because if he keep hearing you ain't you ain't fucking, you ain't fucking, and then he goes out and gets a girl pregnant, well, uncle, you said I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, or go out and get burnt. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Know, you're, you're absolutely right. And the, and the thing is, it's like we get the instruction to, like, don't have sex until you get married. And even that, I won't call it a trauma because so there's big T and little T trauma. So you have little T trauma that are things that you 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 could probably get over. So like the whole don't have sex until you get married um, may not have a major impact on you. But I've been in the room with married couples and the woman is like, they just told me don't have sex until I get married. I don't know what to do. I can't please myself. I can't please my partner. I I don't I don't know. Wow. And then you have. Um, you know, so I am a survivor of childhood uh, sexual assault and I have, I have no problem talking about it. You may encounter someone who feels that way. Like I would just say it very matter of factly. Why? Because I want you to know what I want you to know. Right. I'm not going to go into any detail. That's my protective mechanism. And I would have people say, oh, nothing happened to you because you just out here fucking this person and that person. Yes, because I will never again have sex and it not be my choice. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, so I made that choice and I, I'm not ashamed that I made that choice. I had lots of sex because I wanted to, or at least I thought I did. I didn't realize that I was really being motivated by being in control because having that power stripped from me really made me feel like I know this guy likes me. Eventually he's going to ask me for sex. I need to be in front of that you know what i mean Ooh, yeah so like we can't judge anybody's story so y'all when y'all see the girl who y'all are saying is is fast or she's out there start to ask yourself why when you see the guy who has to have you know a whole harem of girls ask yourself why it, there's a you know i have a, a friend who's like yeah man i had sex when i was eight years old i'm like no you didn't you did not have sex when you were eight years old. You did, definitely didn't. You you know, like... Yeah, you're definitely right. Yeah, and, and our society needs to start calling it what it is. You know, for men, it's a badge of honor, and for women, it's like, you know, the scarlet letter, and we just need to call it what it is. So my whole mission when I work with men or women who are survivors is to help them let that go Put it, put it on the timeline and be able to say, this happened to me when I was 14. It doesn't have to control me when I'm 25. I, I can make the choice and I can make the choice because I want to, not because I want to be in control. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Biff, I've been talking a lot. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not really... <laughs> I can't really say much because I see a counselor and so... 
I feel like I might have to talk to Biff on the side because she's trying to hold some stuff down. That's why she's not talking. She's like, I don't, y'all are, I don't y'all do need hate. to have a conversation. Um, <laughs> it's 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 interesting. You really caught my attention with everything you just said, but something really stood out to me when you said, you know, don't have sex till you get married. Now they're married and they're like, I don't know what to do. I've been, <laughs> wow. All of my girlfriends. I've been that partner. I think I've. I, I think All of my girlfriends have been that partner. Where you felt inexperienced, where you felt more inexperienced, mm-hmm. and sometimes that shit, that shit will fuck you up. Like, yeah. All my partners have been well, not all of them. Most of them have been experienced or more experienced than myself because they put me on to things. Mm-hmm. And so that, that could be intimidating. So I could just imagine it for somebody who ain't had no sex, who um, don't even know what they're looking at. Or what they got going on. Actually, um, there's this guy I know who has a wife that did that. She they told her no sex, nothing until she got married, and now he's sitting there telling me, Is he wrong for going out to go find a girl who actually know how to fuck? Ooh. But you know what? Go ahead. So, go ahead, professional. You have, I think I think you have such an amazing like even that for me, I don't know if I'm just weird, but I'm like, that's such a gift. Yes. Such a gift because you get to you get to teach your partner yes. how to be your partner. Yes. You know what I mean? And and I think it should be like that with any relationship, even if you have already if you've had sex a million times. You should the person you are with currently, you get to teach them how to be your partner. Cause I have a friend who, you know, she went to her marital bed chase. She had never been with another man. And then she was like, This what y'all be so excited about. Like <laughs> This is it. It wasn't satisfying for her because she was like, y'all have built this up. And then they ended up getting divorced, probably not for that reason. But she was like, I regret this. Like, I wish that I had taken the time to, like, maybe not have sex with a whole bunch of people, but at least get to know me, you know? So I think that your friend, I'm not going to say he's wrong for going out, but he should have a little more patience with his wife. That you know what? Yeah, he just told me she was a complainer and he was kind of over it. Everything he tried, she had an issue with, so he was just kind of over it at that point. So <laughs> that's why I was just kind of like, oh shit, that's a real sticky situation because now you talking about marriage and vows, and that's a whole different. It's a whole different ballgame. Yes. Yeah, in itself. So I was like, I can't really speak on that because I've never been married. Yeah. So Is that's it? not for me to be like. Yeah, I think you should do like. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, added a whole but... different type of dynamic in there. So they in South Carolina, send them to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm telehealth now, so I'm I'm serving the whole state. Just just bring that's that's a good couple. I would love to talk to them. <laughs> what you said is key. Um, I've been fortunate that all of my in my relationships, all three of them had something they never experienced. Um, two of them had never had an orgasm before me. Hey, um. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> that's when you go out the door, you know, because your head is real swollen. It's not. Like, it was, but it was, it was, it, it was weird to me because I was like, when they had it and they didn't know how to react because when it came, they thought they were gonna pee on themselves and all kind of stuff, and they're like pushing me off. So I got scared. I'm like, oh fuck, are you okay? And they're like. <laughs> They go through it. Y'all know what that, it looks different for every woman, but sometimes you can see it yeah. and tell. And I'm like, yo, you, now, what was that? I'm like, that, that's, that's an orgasm. Yeah. And I'm like, you never, and I'm like, okay, huh, that's it. let's give me some more right now. Um, I had another 
partner who she never masturbated ever, 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 ever. And I bought her a bullet. And first time she masturbated, she literally cried. Tears of joy. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's very, yeah, actually two of them never had orgasms. Um, and that same thing. So it, that's a, to me, you got to have the conversation, talk to them about it. You don't tell them, you don't just tell them, Hey, this is what you're supposed to do. Like, look, let me explain to you what's happening. This is what's going on. This is what, probably what you're going to feel from what I've heard. Cause I'm not a woman. Cause I don't know. And you're right about the whole teaching them. Like that is perfect because they are a blank slate. Yeah. I mean, that tempo, rhythm, added. all that stuff, you know, the amount of juice. That should have pain my ass. I don't care. Um, For me, it was great. Because I'm not trying to mold nobody. That's pain. That's a pain. That's a pain. And I, I used to, I used to say that. I used to be like, uh, I don't want that responsibility. Like, go have fun and then holler at your girl. But the, the fact of the matter is, like, as as an adult now, I'm like, man, that would have been like such an amazing opportunity. I could have, I could have, he could have been a gift to all other women because of me. But I just. <laughs> Um, I will say, you know, Rob, that's one of my hardest questions to answer when a woman is like, I think I had an orgasm. I don't know. What does it feel like? Because I'm like, then you ain't had one. Yeah, I'm like, you, <laughs> you have not, but you will. Like, you will know. You'll yeah, just come you in, like, yeah, you'll just come in the office and be like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like childbirth. Like when you, they tell you, you know when to push. And you like what the hell? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, your body tells you when to push. Like, you damn sure know. Yes. So, yeah, I think I just I love sex. I think sex is is such a beautiful thing. I do want to clear up one misconception because my husband says he gets this a lot. So this is um, from him, really. Okay. Like, people will call him and be like, I know your life is amazing. Like, your your life has to be amazing. <laughs> I just want to say, I am a sex therapist. I am not a porn star. Like, you Okay, don't... I was just going to say, you ain't no sex addict. You just talk about it. Hey, <laughs> I am Why did I feel that coming? Yeah, he can't. He, 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 like... He can't get it on demand. You know what I mean? I got things to do. We got kids. So his life is good. He has a good life, but. But you know what he does have? He probably had, you probably have way more understanding than the average wife. And you're probably more attentive to his sexual needs than the average wife. Probably. Because you know the effect it can have. Y'all let this counseling shit fool you. And don't. Right? Oh, shit. She's still a human shit. being. Shit. I'm, I'm not I, saying you got to give it to him 24. She's like to take her hat off. She's like to take her hat off. She's a bitch in the morning. You know what I no, mean? No, no, I'm like, not. <laughs> what I mean by that is I've had struggles where it's like, yo, it's been two weeks. It's been three weeks. Like, damn. Like, can you touch my nipple or something? Like, there was just such a, a wall there. It was just like, I don't care about your... I don't care about your sexual desires, basically. Like it's like it's not important to me. I've been in that position. I know what it's like. I've ha I've been in a relationship to where we were we started out having sex, and because she felt quote unquote guilty, we she stopped. Nothing yeah. I could do. It was like, would you you gonna leave me? Well, I love you, so I'm not gonna leave you over that. But fuck, thanks a lot. 
So I just feel like you probably have more understanding. I think that's important because, you know, sometimes even I haven't always been in the mood and I've done it because it's like I understand what it's like to be on the other side of that. That's I, all. But yes, I don't think you're a adult film star. I will say, I guess, when it comes to what I consider to be the positives, but like you, you just said, you know, you haven't been in the mood and you would do it like, well, it wouldn't. I'm not gonna say not all because he does it too. But like when he's not in the mood, I know it, and I'm not understanding. I'm like, okay, and what's your point? <laughs> like, so Drop I, him. you know, so, right? You know, so I can be pushy sometimes um, because what, I'm what'd human. Drop him. Drop him. Or like, you know what? You just got out of the shower. Don't put him on. Like, just... right? You know what I'm here for. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we've had those moments, and I, I push through just because I get off. Me, I, my biggest turn on is turning her on and making sure that she orgasms. That that's it. Like I don't really care about. Them. Like I'll go jerk off. Don't care if she get like that's my goal. So like even when I'm not in the mood, I'm like ooh challenge. Like, but let me tell you, let me tell you why I say your pleasure is your priority, right? Mm -hmm. Because. Just how men get performance anxiety, women do too. And mm -hmm. I want to say that sex is not a performance. It is an experience to mm -hmm. be shared. Mm -hmm. So if I know that his end goal is, I just want you to come, that's hard for me because I'm like, okay, this could take, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It could be, it could be a minute and a half. It could be, I ain't got an hour in me no more, but it could be 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but it could take a while. Yeah. It's, when, when you are in an intimate situation and you are thinking, I just want my partner to get off. People can feel that. We talk about that body language, that yeah. communication. So I can feel when he's like, I'm just trying to get her there because he's doing things that aren't natural to to him and don't necessarily feel good to him. And so now I'm thinking, oh shit, I gotta I gotta get there because that's what he's waiting on. You know what I mean? Oh. It's an experience. Just be there. Just be present. Damn. Yeah. Just changed my whole sexual life. Um, <laughs> I didn't think about it. I never thought about Pepsi it like that. You're right. <laughs> I never thought about it like that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. I have some uh, some concepts in my head that I'll keep to myself until part two. <clears throat> <laughs> so, um, the last topic, and then we will let you go be a family woman or do whatever it is you need to do besides yap yapping at us. I want to run away from them because my 18-month-old just... Anywho, go ahead. <laughs> so, couples sex therapy. You've touched on a couple of things with that. What does that look like, and who do you recommend that for? Mm. And are they in the room at the same time talking to you? Do they have separate sessions? I be wanting to know. So, I do couples therapy, um, sex therapy or otherwise. I do together... I like to do like at least maybe the first three sessions together and then I will separate couples um, because you get, sometimes you get more when the other person's not in the room. Of course. But I have a no secrets clause. So. Oh shit. 
Yes. <laughs> so when I do couples therapy, my client is the relationship, right? So my client is not the husband or the wife. The relationship is my client. If you tell me something that I believe will endanger my client or that my client should know, I will help you to process how to tell your partner what you, what you need to say, but I will not keep secrets. So that includes, like, if you tell me I'm sleeping with someone else currently because I asked for a threesome and she won't let me, I will say, you know what? I don't think that that is going to be healthy for your relationship. And I want to remind you, the relationship is my client. So how can we talk about this with your partner? Because if we're not able to talk about it, then I have to discontinue. Then I can't see either one of you because that's just not going to sit well for me. It's not in the best interest of my client. Um, but it, it looked like so many different things that it would be hard for me to put that into words. But I suggest it for anyone who's having sex. Anybody who wants to try something new and doesn't know how to say it to their partner. That makes sense. Um, yeah, there's there's so many different things. I had a couple most recently who they're looking at opening up their relationship. And so we need to talk about, well, what does that look like? Because there's many, it made my head spin when I did the research. There's so many different structures to open relationships. Does this mean we both get a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Does this mean only one of us gets a boyfriend and girlfriend? Mm. Are we having sex? Are we just going to dinner? Like, these are things. And so it's almost like um, the way I felt in that session was it's almost like mediation, right? When you're getting a divorce or you're, do you're signing a prenup, you guys are trying to come to terms. So I help them to come to the terms of the relationship. I've had couples who want to be swingers, who want to open up to BDSM, um, have fetishes, all kinds of things. I love it. It's the best thing ever. Wowzers. <laughs> and I get paid for it. That's what's so Oh, good. you get paid for what you love. Everyone, that's so awesome. That's goals. <laughs> so, so your greatest influence, you said Dr. Ruth and your husband. Let's talk about your influences. So Dr. Ruth is the cutest little four foot eleven bad sexual badass, and that she was the first person I ever heard talk about sex, um, and so that encouraged me to be bold and to talk about this this thing and not make it taboo because everybody does it. It's like that book, everybody poops, everybody has sex, um, with the exception of people who are asexual, they they do not. But um, that's why Dr. Ruth and then my husband, like I said, I when I met my husband the second time around, I had just been denied to a graduate school. I was going to go into student affairs mm -hmm. and I'd been denied and I just decided, you know what, fuck it. I will be a stay at home mom and a wife and I still believe that that is the most important job I have. And I love this, but I would give it up in a heartbeat to be a mom and a wife. And um, he was like, nah, you got, you got to do something. And the way he said it was really off-putting. You know, Carl, you know how he's been. <laughs> I don't know what you're uh, talking about. <laughs> but the way he said it was really off-putting. But 
he was like, you are capable of so much more. Like you, he just really pushed me to be the best me that I could be. And in that moment, it really was like, man, this is like everything I've been looking for in a relationship and didn't know that I was looking for. Mm. So I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I would not be here if it wasn't for him. And he always makes it very clear to me that now that he's paid for my master's degree, I can't go nowhere. So I, we just, we just, we go together, you know, like <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Excellent. Perfect. Beautiful. Um, so in closing, I have one final question. I ask this to all of my guests. <clears throat> What words of encouragement do you have for the young man or the young woman looking to pursue what you have achieved in your life thus far, that becoming a professional counselor? Words of encouragement. Do it and do it your way. Like, there is no one way to be a counselor. Everybody has in their mind, I guess, what a counselor is, but you don't have to be that. Um, I am working very hard not to be that and um, ask questions, reach out, um, use that smartphone for more than dumb shit because that's, mm. <laughs> that's what I use it for. But um, get on the Instagram, ask questions, just put in sex in the search thing and it will bring up a million sexologists. And I thought, oh, there are no black sexologists. I won't have anybody to help me through this journey. And I found an amazing village. So find your village and love what you do. I need to find a village. All right. So we want to thank <laughs> you once again for joining us. We appreciate yeah. the information and the insight long overdue. Finally got you on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Also huge special shout out monumentous occasion. Jessica Van is I was also so uncomfortable, but I'm not gonna do it. Do it. <laughs> I was gonna... You you popped my from my experience cherry. All right, we'll, talk, <laughs> we'll see y'all later. <laughs> oh my gosh, you made me forget what I was about to say. Oh, she's our first ad partner. So mm -hmm. her ad was in the Black Lives Matter episode. This is her. You probably, you should recognize the voice. So we want to thank you for that. Um, I cannot wait for my book and my kit to come so I can look at these things and learn and explore. Um, I'm trying to close your show, Rob, but look. Go. One last thing. Go. Y'all, Black Lives Matter, point blank, period, end of discussion. Anybody trying to argue with that, with you about that, like keep it moving. But pleasure is not canceled, okay? Being in black love, being in black love is the most revolutionary shit you can do. Having a pleasurable experience and showing these people that we still gonna be happy and we still gonna be on your backs. Y'all, pleasure is not canceled, okay? Black love matters. Sorry, go ahead, close no, your show, boo. Listen, look, hey. <laughs> This is about you. So, yeah, you're right. And that that's, your ad came at a perfect time. I was like, oh, it's going to go perfectly in this episode. Let's break this up with something fun and educational. But I want to thank you all for joining us. Um, tell them where they can follow you. Tell them where they can find you. Um, it'll also be in the description. 
Yes. So I'm on Instagram at at Envision Counseling and that's I Envision Counseling. Um, on Facebook um, at Envision Counseling. You can find my website, EnvisionCounselingLLC.com where you can get the coloring book. I'm going to be dropping some webinars. I have a body positivity webinar. So learning more about your body is specifically for women, but men, you can get down to learning the science of your body to enhance your sexual experience. And I'm currently working on Black Pleasure Matters. We're going to take a historical look at Black relationships in the systems that have attempted to separate us from our pleasure. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about like the founding of obstetrics, ladies, because what's happening to our men in the streets is happening to our women in the hospitals. So stay tuned for those things. And Rob, Biff, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. You no are quite welcome. Y'all already know where to find us. Facebook group from my experience podcast, Instagram, FME underscore podcast. If you have a question, comment, you can leave them on Instagram. You can leave them on Facebook or you can email us FME podcast one at gmail.com. We love y'all. Thank you again for the continued support. We hope you learned something. Don't forget your promo code FME when you order your coloring book and toolkit. All right. And we will catch y'all yeah. next time. All Biff, right, take it home. Stay. <laughs> stay proud, stay you, and stay down. And we will definitely catch you next week. Peace. Peace.